Yeah, actually, that was kind of interesting because I got a text from um, a family friend and he was like, oh, how are your parents doing with the flood? Which my parents live in Bel Air, which is close to Meyerland, which is the neighborhood Jen is from. And my and Bel Air, my my childhood neighborhood was not really hit. I mean, the street looked like a river, but it didn't hit my parents' house. They lost electricity for a little bit, but that was it. Um, and so I said, you know, oh, they they were fine. And, you know, this guy was joking, but he made this sort of self-effacing comment, kind of like, oh, well, the Jewish neighborhoods are always fine. And I actually said, no, that's not the case at all with this scenario. Um, that's dark. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, you know, and Meyerland is a very, it's one of the most populous Jewish areas in Houston. And that was the area that was actually most hit during this flood. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you even say to that guy? Something jokey that no one uh, leaves or, like, n- no one is dismissed by the wrath of God or something. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, I mean, I, I, mean, I meant it kind of jokey, but I was just like, you know, it's, it, like, the, this thing is so arbitrary. You can't, I, and I understand the point that, you know, sometimes with these scenarios that, you know, the the worst hit can sometimes be the people who are from the lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And then he's making a joke that Jews are from higher socioeconomic backgrounds. And so we wouldn't be hit, but of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. um, So I I want you to continue with what you were saying. Um, So, so, you were talking about the water seeping in and what that's like. Yeah, it's scary um, to not to not be there to to be able to help, like when your house is going under. And but, then, and then I pretty much like just drove to the airport like in the middle of the night, and then I spent the entire day at LAX living there. I think I brushed my teeth and I had like Pinkberry twice, you know. Oh, so you um, just. It was exactly like the terminal with Pinkberry, and I bought C's candy boxes twice. I mean, there was just a lot of time. So, uh, but I was on the first plane to Houston when it when it was available. So I got there at like 4:45 in the morning, and the flight finally took off at one. Oh my gosh! But it was hard to complain because that whole time I was at LAX, my dad was on a kitchen counter. So hard God. to complain. Oh my God. So yeah. was how how was he able to get help or like what w- did he just wait for the water to go down in the house what happened I think here's another place where where men and women are really different um my mom was someone who would be like okay Joe I'm blowing up the raft like she has a raft and <laughs> And, like, she'd be, like, wearing her – she's got these, like, pants with, like, suspenders. She she just gets really into this. She'd be, like, kayaking the neighborhood being, like, hey, just 
want to say hi. <laughs> she's, she's, she's like an active participant in the blood, whereas um, my dad is more like just, get, like, this isn't, this can't really, no, no, you know? Wow. I think that's a really, I, I mean, I just think that's a really strong, uh, it's more just, I think it's more telling of the beautiful idea of how you see your mother and how proactive she was. Yeah, she was, she was super weird. So your dad, like, what did he do to get help in the end? He didn't, he didn't need it, fortunately. I think it, it stopped just before the counter. And so it was just the two dad, cousin, two dogs on the kitchen counter. And if it had kept raining, I think, I really do not understand what was going to happen to him. Couldn't really quite figure that out. I was, I was like, oh, I'm an orphan. I need some oatmeal in a bowl. Um, that's Oliver. So I, I don't know exactly what, like, the, the backup backup plan was. I'm suspecting that there wasn't one. But ultimately, it was just Thank a God. matter of waiting for the water to recede, which took, like, a whole other day. And, and also frustrating because, like, his cell phone was dead. So. And so, and so how did you, like, you got to the airport. How did you even get to the house? Well, that was kind of the astonishing thing, too, was that um, flying in, it was a great view of Houston. I feel like I saw the whole city, and I was just, like, with my nose to the windows, like, looking for for all the oceans that had moved into town, and there were no oceans. It looked completely normal. I don't understand. Wow. I mean, that's... It was totally normal. And that's that's why it felt even more like that we were just under, like, a... under some sort of curse, where with with Storm Allison, like, if you had flown in, I think it would have looked bonkers. But with this, it just felt like, oh, only our house? Only our house, really? Well, just to make you feel like you aren't alone, I know of other families that had to evacuate, too. Thank you. Yeah, but, I mean, I can't, I don't know, I can't even imagine. I mean, are you guys doing, are you guys doing okay? Yeah, and I I have a, I have a strange, a lot of times I feel like I wake up in the morning and if I have a problem, I'm stunned that it's not front page news in the New York Times. I'm like, hello, I've... <laughs> Like, I need to leave my job. I'm surprised that, like, Jennifer leaving job isn't, like, you know, a headline. And so it's it's very strange to realize that you, in fact, actually are the headline for a change, you know? Right. And and maybe that that is, in some ways, conf- comforting that people, people are listening and are trying to draw attention to this. Yeah. And the Red Cross was, like, parked outside of our house, literally. There was a Red Cross truck, and people were just like, need anything I saw that I actually saw that in some of your photos so weird and then I got I'm on the Red Cross email list because I love donating blood (laughs) and they sent out an email asking for for donations for it so you were like oh I can you're like can I do a transfusion (laughs) (laughs) or can I donate to moi (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's the whole thing is that like it kind of feels really meta, especially obviously right now where you're the one reporting normally, you're the one giving blood, but now it's like all directed back at you. 
Yeah, it's incredibly surreal. Also, it's it's so fascinating to to be here and see exactly how how much of a disconnect there is with between how it's reported. You know, people will say, "Oh, you know, ten people have been killed in the flood in Houston." I'm thinking, ten people died, and that's a huge deal. But also, like twenty thousand people did extraordinary acts of kindness and continue to, and I feel like that's the headline. Yeah, can you, well, why don't you talk about that since you do have that platform? So much kindness. Our house is, basically just has to be emptied. And we don't, I mean, people don't even say anything. They're just at the house. They don't even call. They just show up and they're like, here we go. Where's the bubble wrap? Mm-hmm. So, oh, and also, we just had strangers who just drive to the neighborhood. And, and we when we set up, there's, there's nowhere to sit in our house because every piece of furniture is gone. So we'll sit outside on the on the porch if we need a break, and people will just drive by and like yell out the out of their cars. They're going, "No, do you need water? That bottle of water." And then one woman was driving by with just boxes of pizza. She's like, "Do you want a slice of pizza?" Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, people are, and then they're going, they're asking like they're asking basically if we have requests like do you want garbage bags or tape or this or that local get stuff i'm like i don't know you that's really awful can you see how the city of houston has responded to this yeah it's complicated because okay like my neighborhood right now looks like i mean it's incredibly hard to drive down the street every single house has it seems like five trucks in front of different construction crews and people pulling out everything from the house. And up until up until today, there were cars stalled all over the streets, just totally random cars in the middle of the street. So, like, there's no way of picking up trash, and it happened on Monday. So, like, it's been a really long time with the contents of everyone's homes just on the front, front lawns. But it's, I think it's because they literally can't get in to collect trash. So that's been interesting. Hmm. Right. But but also I was talking to the contractor and in, in Texas you have to be our contractor. In Texas you have to be careful because I was talking about well climate change and you can't really say that in Texas because you don't know exactly who you're talking to even if like they seem really neat. <laughs> and and he was saying how what his take on flooding is that it, it has a lot more to do with as cities expand and more and more people live in them, and there's more cement on the ground. And that means that there, there's much, much, much less space for water to drain, which is like the most boring thing in the world, I know. But I find it interesting because it all seems so random. This house, but not the neighbor. This house will flood, but not the house across the street. Is that it all just seems, Not across the street? It's just, it's so weird. Wow. Well, I mean, I was actually, I asked my mom that too, where um, the Texas Tribune post, and I I haven't read it yet, (laughs) so, but I did see that the Texas Tribune posted an article being like, no, you know, why isn't anyone saying that this is in fact due to climate change? And, and so I was wondering too, if that was part of the conversation at all that you were hearing people talk about. I have not heard anyone anyone say say that even casually this is not part of the conversation well it's but oh okay go on but i think 
for the most part, we're, like, very much in, in like, in survival right now. Right. It's too soon. Right. Yeah, you're so in it while, you know, other people could start to have these think pieces and to really analyze. And it's like, who the fuck cares? We just want to get our home back to normal it's it's always really interesting anytime you're in a situation where you're such an elevated state of like of chaos or tragedy or whatever the whatever it is you just like instantly stop following the news (laughs) you know right it's like who cares i just want to get it they're in a different world can you talk a little bit about a little bit more about what the state of your house is in? Oh, yeah. Well, we've been doing this for days. Just It is so intense. It is so hard. We've also been waiting for the insurance adjuster for so many days now, and you can't throw out anything that's of value until he takes a picture of it. Oh. So, like, it's just horrifying. Finally, we were like, this is taking so long. We're just going to put everything he needs to photograph in the backyard because the house otherwise is going to, like, turn into, like, a wet sheet of paper. Yeah. <laughs> so, probably so moldy and smelly. Yeah. So the goal is to get everything wet out. You get the carpets out. You get the walls out. You get all pieces of furniture, all clothes. Anything that sucks up water has to get out of the house first. So we're pretty far along at this point. I think all the carpets out, the walls are gone, all the furniture's outside, mattresses were disgusting. We <laughs> just are giant sponges for like sewage water. Ew. Ew. Yeah, that's my bed. Ew. So Yeah. Are you gonna get new are you gonna get a new bed or like what? Oh yeah, I mean everything is trash. Everything, like literally everything that's look around your room and everything under three feet is trash. <laughs> yeah, but like, I I guess I'm also just wondering because at this point, does your dad create new rooms for you guys, or is he just like, oh, I'll have some guest room? I don't like what happens, you know? It's so hard. Like right when, I I don't think many people immediately have one of these life-changing events and then go, oh, recalculating. You know, it takes, like, a long time for you to realize that you have to change your life, and I don't think that people rethink their yeah. their room, the rooms and layouts and details and logistics at this point. Right, yeah. So I'm assuming we're, tr- we're trying to get back to normal. Normal is the place to be. What is that? I guess what does that look like? Well, for me... It means I want to pull out my entire bathroom and just put in a closet tub. I am arguing with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, they're like, do you know how to to tub through a doorway? And I'm like, I don't care. Lots of people have tubs. I don't have a tub. Make it happen. Somebody make it happen. And so I just keep like talking about closet tubs to anyone who walks by. I'm like, hey, have you ever seen a a tub? (laughs) I like that you're using it as an opportunity. You know, like this is the time yeah. to campaign for your tub. Oh, oh, you know, because I'm, you know, we're going to Denmark, and when I was looking up places on Airbnb, all the only search term I used was tub. <laughs> I've never had a tub before. <laughs> I'm like really single-minded right now. All I care about 
is having a bath, <laughs> like, one day. Good, good. You deserve yeah. it, Jen. Thanks. Thank you. I've never had a bath before. Um, also, there's just a tremendous amount of positive that comes from getting rid of so much of your stuff that you don't need. And then also, as you get rid of things, you find so many things that you didn't know you had. And that's been my favorite part. I keep finding the weirdest treasure in my room. It's like the strange. <laughs> Today, I found a tiny penny, like the size of a pebble. But can you I'm, see I'm, it? This is not a hallucination. Other people have seen it. I found a tiny penny, and I found my own human teeth that my mom had saved. Like the tooth fairy box. <laughs> I I have that too. That's like it's so creepy. To but I didn't even that. know. I didn't know parents do that. So I found together a tiny penny in my own teeth. Yeah, that's great. And are like are you are you gonna take that back to Altadena? I don't know. I'm just considering starting like a museum in my room. I think that that would help your witch cred. Yeah. The tiny penny and the teeth. It sounds like the beginning of something wonderful. <laughs> well, um, so, but, and then your dad is also, can you talk a little bit about what his plan of action over this, like, you know, who, what he's, who he's staying with, where you, where he's staying now, who he's going to stay with and what he's going to do in the next nine months? Yeah, well, I'm currently reporting live from the Heaton's house, so we're we're staying over here, and um, and it's really funny because there's like so much going on, and it's so hectic, and every day is so intense. But when we get wherever we're going at night, um, I will just say, like wherever I am at a certain time, I need to be watching Frasier. Yeah. So I guess I guess what I'm trying to say right now is that like for me, home is Frasier. Mhm. You know. Yeah. As long as I can like basically like navigate myself to Netflix, it's like um like a bottle or something. Right. Right. That's yeah. Yeah, that's but we're staying we're staying with friends, and um hopefully hopefully he'll get some cool bachelor pad for the year. It takes a year to get back to the house. Jeez. And I genuinely mean this, and it's strange because I'm talking to you but I'm also asking you these questions in kind of interview mode in some ways but I you're just so strong like I I think it's what you did just without a beat and I hope we all do you know react the same way that you do but that you just went home so fast and you just got a flight and you did you just did what you needed to do and we're so there for your dad, and I just think it's so courageous and really strong, and I just, and especially with things that have happened in the past year, and I just wanted to tell you that. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. It's, um, sometimes it's harder to get away than to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. Where, where's yeah. Ben? Where's Ben right now? He's having his, like, we've been in this, you know, um, in this sort of isolated 
flood world, and he's finally hanging out with some of his friends, which we're happy about. Okay, so he's in town. Yeah. Yesterday we had – my brother and I are, like, kind of famous for having long conversations that start around midnight, and then they go to, like, 4 in the morning, and, like, it, it ends with one of us, like, pleading to be left alone because we're 100% asleep. And last we finally had one of those conversations again, and it made me feel like, oh, good, things are getting – are getting back if if we're not talking about like flood logistics anymore and now we're talking about like um you know universal myths so i was really happy about that good um yeah just feel we'll talk about that he's reading 100 years of solitude for the first time and he loved it i'm really excited for him well thank you so much for speaking with us for your first time on radio you seem like a natural this was um, terrifying. I'm, I'm terrified inside my bones. So this is really scary for me, really outside my comfort zone. And thank you for for your interest in my story. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, thanks so much. And that was Jen Rice, everyone.